Welcome to Order Up, the restaurant operations podcast brought to you by Ops Analytica. Hey, this is Tommy with Ops Analytica. We have been doing a ton of research on our client's success. And what we have found is that the clients that are holding their teams accountable every single shift in every single location, every single day to just focusing on the basics of great restaurant management, cleanliness, um, stock and readiness, food quality, food safety, they're running better restaurants and they are increasing sales, they are increasing profits, they are running safer operations, and most importantly, their guest satisfaction is through the roof because guests are getting exactly what they expected to get. So I invite you to come and check us out at opsanalytica.com. Just search restaurant checklist app and see what focusing on the basics can do for your business. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Order Up podcast. Uh, my name is Tommy Anolis, and I'm one of your hosts today. And today's going to be a little bit different. We're not interviewing anyone. We haven't done one of these in a while, but we're going to kind of do an essay podcast. And um, what we're going to be talking about today is shift readiness. So we've been doing a lot of market research on with our clients at Ops Analytica. And what we've realized is where we're adding just a tremendous amount of value to our clients is in giving them the ability to be 100% shift ready in every location for every meal period every day, right? And, 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 and so we started, once we started figuring that out and, and hearing that, we started to do a deep dive on our blog over the last three blogs, and I'll put the links in the show notes. Um, we started having, uh, we started really diving into what is shift readiness, right? What does it really mean? How do you accomplish it? You know, how do you hold your teams accountable? How do you increase employee productivity? And how all these things are kind of interlinked. And you have to kind of understand how all these things work together um, to be profitable today. I mean, this is operations 101, basic restaurant management, right? So today we're going to do a quick audio blog essay on shift readiness. And like I said, the, the links will be in the show notes. So thank you for listening. And let's get started. So shift readiness, what is it, right? We kind of define shift readiness as, you know, making sure that your restaurant is 100% ready for each meal period from a cleanliness, from a stock, um, from a setup, from a food, taste, freshness, and safety perspective so that you can maximize your ability to wow your customers and generate as much sales and profits from each meal period, right? So it's just basically controlling what you control. It's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to be 100% ready for the shift so that when customers come in the door, you can uh, welcome them, serve them, uh, take their orders, serve them their food, wow them with how delicious it is, and then get them out the door so you can get another uh, body in that seat and do it all over again every single meal period, right? And, and that's, and to do that, to, to do those things, you have to, you can't like be running off the grill in the middle of the shift to get more burger patties. Like you gotta be stocked, you know what I mean? You gotta be ready, you gotta be clean. It's, it's just, like I said, it's restaurant 101. But I, I actually think shift readiness also is kind of a restaurant management philosophy. It is something that you can, if you're looking for that philosophy of, you know, What's going to define me as a restaurant employee? What's going to define me as a restaurant manager or as a COO? You know, 
shift readiness could be that philosophy because shift the shift readiness philosophy, not just the tasks, recognizes a couple things. One, ops decisions affect profitability. It accounts for the perishable nature of the meal period. And it's 100% focused on maximizing guest satisfaction and sales on a shift-by-shift, location-by-location basis, right? So that, I mean, this is basic restaurant 101, right? I've said that already in this podcast. It's only two minutes into it, but it is, it's restaurant 101. Control what you can control. You know, you can't, you can't control what your competitor's doing. You can't control what the Seattle County commissioners are doing with labor laws. You can't control, um, you know, commodity prices or food trends. But what you can control is that you were open and clean and ready for guests every single day so that every time someone came into your restaurant, they experienced firsthand the brand promise that your brand sold them on. They got their food and it was good and they got in the time they expected and then they moved on with their day, right? So let's dive in a little bit on the uh, philosophy of shift readiness and uh, we'll just sort of talk about some of those big key points and, and then we'll wrap this puppy up. So the perishability of the meal period, right? <laughs> and I just did air quotes, which none of you can see because this is a podcast, but I did them. So everybody knows that we have perishable food, right? Lettuce gets brown, you can't serve it, it's now waste. Well, meal periods are just like lettuce in that you only get one shot at the January, or excuse me, the June 29th, 2018 lunch in this location ever. That's it. Once once we hit 2.30, this lunch is over and I can never get back that sales opportunity. And, and that in and of itself should should create some urgency for your team, right? Because one of the things that's really hard about being a restaurant manager is that it can feel a lot of times like you are, uh, you know, a, a, a gerbil, a hamster on a hamster wheel. You go in, you, you get the restaurant open, you serve the food, everybody leaves, a bunch of people no call, no show, you got to get new people to cover their shift, you do it again, you go home, you're greasy, and then you come back the next day and you do it again, Right. And, and that can be very hard and, and for managers just to stay motivated and keep focused. And, and when those managers and those leaders lose that focus and that urgency, then the whole team feels it and you can watch the restaurant have, start to have issues, right? And so understanding that every meal period is like an at-bat. You only get this at-bat once. Get the most out of it. Is a huge, it can be used as a motivating factor, right? And I want to break this down a little bit because, and, and I do a better job of it in the blog, and it's, but you know, so check out the blog. But you know, think about a standard 28 day accounting period in a restaurant. Let's say you serve lunch and dinner, that means you have 56 meal periods per accounting period, uh, right? You have 56 meal periods. The average restaurant profit margin total is somewhere between 5 and 15%. Um, most people would love to have 15. More people are closer to 5. For easy math, we're going to use 10%, right? So if you said I have 56 meal periods, and let's just pretend, and this isn't true, but for simple math, of these 56 meal periods, let's say they all generated this, they had all the same amount of sales potential, right? So lunch on Monday could net as much sales as dinner on Saturday which isn't true in most places, but just for easy math. 
10% profit margin, if each meal period is worth the same, then you basically have rounding up six meal periods a month to make all your profits. And let's be, let's take it a little further. You only get those six meal periods, those six profit meal periods, three days out of 28 to make your profits. Um, you only get those if you crush out every other meal period. If every of the first 50 meal periods, you do awesome and maximize every aspect of those, then those just cover your costs. Now you have six at the end here to like actually make profits. And it would be wonderful if that was absolutely the truth and you just knew, gotta be great through day 25 and then we're hitting profits, but it doesn't actually work that way in the real world. Those six profit meal periods are scattered on random shifts that you don't even know about. So you don't even have a clue that you didn't have those. So you, you have no margin for error when it comes to the perishability of meal periods. You've got to be great every single one, maximize every single one with the slim hope of making 10% of them profitable, right? So talking about urgency, if you're a manager, you've got to come in every day and not go, this is a hamster wheel. You have to go in and go, today is lunch on Friday. We've got to crush it. What do we got to do? And get everybody, everybody aligned to get it done, right? So that's the perishability of meal periods. Let's move on to another subject kind of within our philosophy of shift readiness. Ops decisions affect profitability. One of the things I put in one of the other blogs was, if you're not holding your team accountable to doing it your way, then they're doing it their way. And guess what? Their way is what's easiest for them to do in most cases. And it has nothing to do, no one in your restaurant, but the management team or the owners are actually thinking about restaurant profitability and sales and any of that other stuff. They're just not. They're thinking about, I want to work my shift and I want to go out and have drinks with my buddies, right? And, and that's not a bad thing. It's not their job. It's not their responsibility. They're not paid off of profits, right? But you are. If you're the COO or you're the owner, you are, right? And so you can allow people to be making their own decisions on how to run your businesses. You've got to run your businesses and you've got to make sure that they're being run exactly the way you know they need to be run, right? Every restaurant in the country gets ready every single day. Every restaurant in the country has figured out or should have figured out what I need to do to be successful, to be ready for guests. The hard part is making sure that you can hold your team accountable to doing what you know they need to do so that you do maximize that thing, maximize that opportunity, right? So when we talk about sales, when we talk about ops decisions affecting sales, I'm not gonna really dive too much into labor costs or food costs or fixed costs. Um, that's not as important to me in, in this conversation. What I'm going to talk to you about is how ops decisions affect sales and customer satisfaction, right? Because a lot of times people like operate in a silo where they go, well, my ops decision, this small decision I'm making is just a small decision. It doesn't matter. And they don't actually tie it to how does that actually affect sales and profits, right? Because they don't think that way. And you should definitely try to install that culture in your restaurant if you can, you know? Um, but you really have to live that culture of how does that gonna affect the guests? How does that affect sales and profits, right? 
So let's just throw out a couple random examples, like the just normal examples that you see in your restaurants all the time. And, and then let's try to tie them back to operationally uh, not being ready for the shift and how that actually affects sales and profits and throughput and everything else, right? Um, and there's not like one major thing here. It's not like, you know, there's a, there was an axe-wielding machete guy on our counter so no one could order. Well, that doesn't happen. You know, everything in the restaurant business is quarter dimes and nickels. It's slowing down throughput. It's ticket times. It's little things like that. It's death by a thousand cuts. And that's another reason why it's so hard to manage because it isn't one thing. You know, if I knew we had an axe-wielding machete guy, I'd have a security guard and I would just stop him at the door. But it's not that. It's that the ticket times were a minute longer or whatever, right? And so it, you have, once again, it goes back to why you have to do everything under your power, control what you can control to get everything done and ready to go so you can minimize those death by a thousand cuts. So a couple of just quick scenarios and kind of tie them back to uh, how they affect profitability in sales. So I'm in a quick serve restaurant. Someone comes in and people forgot to get all the condiment stations stocked up. So there's just no napkins or no straws or lids or out of ketchup or whatever it is, right? So you go, well, is that horrible? Someone going to, you know, it's not like a, no one's going to die from that. You know, they had to wait an extra second for their ketchup. But here's what actually happens is I got this hot, tasty burger. I'm going over to get my ketchup for my fries. It's not there. I try all of them. I look for packets. I'm getting frustrated. So then I'm like, ah, son of a gun. So then, uh. I walk back over to the counter, there's a line, so then I post myself up on the counter, and I'm waiting, and I'm kind of like, you know, I'm standing there with my tray, this person, the counter person's trying to ring orders, the people in the line are getting stressed out because they're like, why is this guy jumping in line? I gotta get my burger too, I gotta get back for lunch, you know? Then I finally get the counter person's attention, then they walk away from the register, they go get me the ketchup, or they go get somebody to get the ketchup, it takes 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 seconds, then they come back, right? That 50 seconds, what is that? It's 50 seconds. But you know what happened? That line got that much longer during that period. Some of them may have walked to the front door and saw that there was a big line and said, I can't eat here, I don't have time, I don't have time for this line. You know, it took somebody else off their job. Somebody else waited a little bit longer in a drive-through or something happened. And you know what? It affected somebody's guest experience. It, it, as little as I got really stressed out because I thought this guy was going to cut in line and there was going to be like something crazy happen. You know what I mean? That, that can alter a person's customer satisfaction. That can slow down sales and throughput in the middle of the rush when it doesn't need to happen. Maybe the guy who has to go refill the ketchup is also the guy who's getting drinks for everybody. So now when he comes back, he's weeded by getting drinks or putting bags together. And so now that many more people got their food instead of it getting it in two minutes, they got it in three minutes. All those things cascade. Your drive-through line's that much longer so people drive by, right? It all comes together. Uh, one more example, you know, you don't taste your food in a line check before, let's just say it's a full service restaurant. You don't taste, you don't go through and taste all your food that's been prepped in-house by your team and somebody gets a, I don't know, a fajita salad, you know, that takes like 10 minutes to cook and you pour this sauce on it and somebody puts salt instead of sugar in there. So now it is literally inedible, right? Now you got a table 
Everyone got served. This person can't eat their food. They send it back. Everybody else is eating. This person now has to wait for this new dish to be cooked. This dish can't just be cooked in two seconds. It's going to take time, which means that we either have to stress the cooks out to get another fajita dish on the grill, or we're going to take somebody else's fajita dish, and all we're doing is just kicking the can down the road because that table's ticket, that table's food's going to come out that much longer because they're dragging a fajitas, right? You know what I mean? Like, so they're dragging the fajitas, or this guy's going to have to wait. So either way, you're going to have one table sitting there way longer than they needed to because these fajitas weren't made correctly, and and you're going to end up comping the fajitas. So then you're going to end up making two and not getting paid for all of them. So now your waste is higher. Your food cost just went up. All. And you have a you have a mat you have a, a customer that was like ah oh, son of a gun I don't want to go there for lunch if I can't get like good food that tastes good and I can get out of there on time maybe right whatever and now all of a sudden you've like had a bad customer experience you you had increased your food cost you paid for two orders of fajitas didn't get any money for them maybe even bought the guy a dessert who knows you had you had a table you didn't turn as quickly all because somebody didn't just go through and taste the salsa before the shift started. Right, going back to the ketchup example or the condiment example, you had all the you might have lost a couple of potential customers. You had people not get their food as quickly for what? Because we didn't check to make sure the ketchup was full or that we had enough straws or napkins out there. You know what I mean? That we just didn't restock. I mean, these are such small things, but the operation decision to not handle them correctly goes and it slows it slows you down. It slows down your maximum sale period and it irritates guests. One other thing, the last example, and we've used this example on a bunch of blocks because I've seen it happen in my own world. You're used to cooking quarter pound thaw burger patties, right? And if you do that in your, your restaurant, you can cook out a burger patty, let's say two, three minutes uh, per hamburger. But then somebody, because they made an operational decision to, or the manager didn't check, didn't thaw the burger patties the night before. So now you've got, you got a, a half a case of thawed patties and then you're sitting on a case of uh, frozen patties. Soon as you run out of those thawed patties, your cook time on burgers just goes from three minutes to four or five minutes, right? It throws off the entire timing of the kitchen. All your ticket times extend and you don't get your third turn. One of our clients, I was chatting with him the other day and he was just saying, you know, how their Mother's Day two years ago, they did about 10K more than they did this year. And I asked him, what was the difference? He's like, it was ticket times. We just, we we blew it in the kitchen that day. And it was nothing we could do. Like, it was just one of those things where, you know, he couldn't pin it to one thing. But operationally, they just weren't as fast. And they didn't get their turns on the one of the biggest days of the year for restaurants. And they were down like 10K. Just on Mother's Day morning lunch. I mean, that's insane, right? But that's how ops decisions affect sales and profitability because you have to be 100% ready to go and, and, and understand that this is my time to shine right here, right now. I got to make all my sales today. So, and, and all of those things that I just threw out there, and I'm sure you guys can think of a hundred other ones, they're all avoidable simply by your manager checking what to do, right? So... When you understand that every shift is perishable, that it's only one shot to do it, when you understand that you have to be, um, that your ops decisions affect your sales and profitability and customer satisfaction, you know, it, come, it begs the question is, how do I manage this? I have 35 restaurants. I can't be in every restaurant every day. 
how am I going to do this, right? Like, how am I going to make this happen? And this is how you do it. One, you have to invest in systems, not people, right? People are important. But what you really want to be is you want to have a system, right? You always talk about Bill Belichick or, you know, they've got a system, you know? That's why when one of their big guys gets hurt, they can throw another guy in and he just works the system and, not, and nobody misses a beat, right? If they use the football analogy. But like, and, and I'm not a Patriots fan, by the way. I am a Broncos fan. But having said that, but you know what I mean? So you got to get your system spelled out and you got to invest in tools to help your team execute the system. Because we just, there's too much turnover. There's, you know, there's too much turnover in the industry. It's brutal out there right now even to find people. Your managers are constantly having to hire and get bodies in just to kind of fill the breach, you know? Like, and, uh, and so it becomes tough. And so a lot of times you might have restaurants where the oldest guy who's been there has been there six months. He's like the senior dude, you know? And that didn't used to be that way. But it is that way today. And so you can't rely on just I have these guys and they just know what to do because it doesn't work that way anymore. You've got to invest in systems um, like Ops Analytica where we can script out each shift, where we can tell every person on that shift exactly what they need to do and when um, and then hold them accountable to doing it that way and alert the manager when it's not getting done, right? Because the managers, we also have all scaled down on the amount of managers we have on duty to make the restaurants more profitable. And so they've got a ton of stuff they have to do as well as the restaurant being set up by other people. And so we need to make it, we need to give them a tool to hold their teams accountable that allows them to focus on their duties while their team's focusing on uh, their respective duties and making sure that the whole thing comes together at the end, right? So you need to invest in tools um, that will help you do that. And uh, if you want to learn more about Ops Analytic and how we do that, uh, briefly, we script out every shift. We do it for each role in the business. We tell them when it has to be done by. They go in. They use their mobile device or uh, either their phones or tablets in the restaurant to go through. We spell out exactly for each station what needs to be done and when. They do it. And then it tells the manager it was done on time. Um, and then they can move on and go, okay, cool. And then they're just basically inspecting what they expect to see because the people were actually held accountable versus having a, a bunch of uh, paper checklists on the wall with just like iced tea, lemonade, soda machine, ice, glasses. Instead of expecting your team to remember or to know what you need to do, we actually spell it out line by line for these guys. Um, and then so that they actually know exactly what they have to do because that, that, piece of paper you have on the wall with five bullet points made sense for the guy who worked here for five years and knew everything and knew where it was. But for the new guy who just came on, who barely got trained potentially, he doesn't know or she doesn't know where the iced teas are or how much to make or how much they should have in the background. So you really got to spell this stuff out for people. The other thing about using a system where you do spell everything out for people is that you can reduce your upfront training time if you do that. Um, because you don't have to train everybody to memorize how to run the restaurant. You just have to train them on how to do their job and then how to work the platform or the systems you have in place. That's a much more efficient and effective way to train people out, right? Um, so you've got to put a little work in at the front, but especially if you're in a chain restaurant, they've already done all that for you. You just, you just got to get it into a tool that allows the team to use it and excel at doing it. Um, 
And I think that's really what it comes down to. Now, you don't have to use Ops Analytica. You can do this all on paper. Paper makes it a lot harder to hold people accountable, but you can. I'm not saying you have to, but I'm saying if you want to do it, you want to do it well, you want to make it easy for yourself, then you should really check us out because we can help you with that. But you've got to figure out, you know, the biggest thing you have to do though, at the end of the day, what we're trying to help you do is hold your team accountable to doing your system and make it as easy as possible for them to get it right and to learn it so that you can make them as effective as quickly as possible and so that you can be focusing on controlling what you can control, right? So to wrap up this audio blog, and thank you guys for listening, every meal period in every location every day is a new opportunity to crush it. And you need to be thinking that I have to crush it because if I don't today, I'm in a hole for my next meal period, right? You only get six a month if you're at lunch and dinner restaurant to make your profits. So you have to make every single one of them count. You have to make sure that every single day you don't worry about the outside world and you just focus on your four walls on making sure that you're 100% ready so that when customers come in the building for that meal period that you can service them in a, the best way you can and get them out the door and get another person in there so that you can maximize that day, that shift, and get as much sales and profits and generate as much goodwill with your customers as you can because you need every single shift every day to be great or you won't be profitable as a business. And really, once again, it just comes down to control what you can control. You have the power to do this. You have the systems in place. Get yourself the right tools and make it happen. Thank you guys so much for listening.